What's going on, guys? Welcome back to No Reserves Radio. I'm your host, Angelo, here with Alex. And off of another rough week. But, but, the Bengals won, so suck it, Alex. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Yeah, I mean, you took some hells, but in the end, you got the, the major W, since both of our teams went head-to-head, and you took the win there. Really weird game. I'm not sure how much you caught of it, and if you watched back anything of it. But I caught, like, most of the second half and, like, I think I got all of the second half, actually, and most of the second quarter. That's it. That's that's funny because I stopped watching after we scored two touchdowns because I knew Seattle wasn't matching that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah. It was a really weird game. It was a typical Seattle game in which it's like the offense has been booming all season and the defense has been lacking. And then, of course, when the defense finally tights up on the secondary, the, the offense can't do anything. So it's it's really a typical Seattle game, to be honest. So I think our defense is really underrated because, let's be real, granted, it's not the same defense, but we are the defense that shut down Patrick Mahomes two straight second halves in a season. Like, this defense isn't as bad as it performed. I just think the offense was so atrocious that – the defense really couldn't get any momentum going. And that's really when our defense is at its best, is when Joe Burrow's clicking, you know, you got to make a play. We we can usually stop that. Yeah, but I mean, the defense was good. I'm not, like, saying that the problem was the offense alone. It was the defense that stopped the offense. But, like, I just wish that from time to time I got a game in which, like, both the offenses, the offense and the defense were like on the same page and performed like to the potential that they have. Because like defense was lights out. I mean, we held Burrow to what, 100, under 190 yards? Yeah, I mean, those are up. Yeah, I mean, Chase was held to like, I think it was the first time since like his rookie season, a game versus Cleveland, if I'm not mistaken, in which he has been targeted 10 or more times and only caught and only was allowed to get catch half of it like under half of it because i believe he was targeted 13 times and only catch catch nine uh, six of those balls Wasn't Tariq so uh yeah Tariq will i mean i think it was a mix because it was witherspoon also in there and trey brown was also in there i believe trey went mostly against higgins but he, he was in there quite a bit as well i think it's just a rotation of guys we don't usually have guys that travel quite a lot so it was a mix bag, yeah. There, but yeah, like I would. There were points in there in which, like, I don't know what Gino was doing, especially like late in the game. Uh, I mean, he's taking sacks that he shouldn't. He's overthinking the plays. But I, I guess part of it is the defense. They really started to lock up DK and force the us to be to beat them with another wide receiver, and we weren't really that capable to do so. I mean, Lockett had a few plays, but still. I think JSN had a few catches. I remember he, he that's it's probably his best game as a Seattle Seahawk. Yeah, I believe he had four catches for forty-eight yards. Yeah. Uh, he had one pretty good one there in the end. I believe I believe it was third and long, and after Gino got sacked or threw an incompletion because of the pressure, and he managed to to catch a, a slant that went for for considerable gains. I think it was third and eighteen, if I'm not mistaken, and he got like twelve or thirteen back. 
Yeah, it was a solid game overall, mostly a defensive game. Uh, Gino did throw for like 323 yards, but was sacked four times and intercepted twice with no passing TD, so rough game. Very rough game. That's what happens when you come up against the Bengals, man. The Bengals are back, baby. They are, indeed. I think the, like uh, they are on bye this week, if not mistaken. The Bengals? So, yeah, I think oh. they're on bye this week. Oh, this is the... Okay, so this is the week where it's basically an auto loss in all of my leagues, then. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I believe they are out, and so are the Tennessee Titans, if not mistaken. No one cares. Uh, <laughs> that is true, I guess. Uh, apart from Mary, probably. Um, but yeah, not. To, I, I was hoping that. I mean, we had two chances late to win that it game, is. and we didn't. So I, I really was expecting to come here and take my victory lap on that. But I guess I can just take it on the bets because so far uh, we are recording this on Monday, uh, October sixteenth. And I am seven and seven right now with the Los Angeles Chargers plus two pending. Angelo is five and nine with the Dallas Cowboys minus two pending. So there might be like a way in which I'm up like three games on you this week. So that would be nice for the overall record. Not for my overall record. Man, it has been a yeah. rough two or three <laughs> weeks for me, man. Yeah. Pretty much, you you did okay in like the late slate, the afternoon and and the night games. You were three and two on those, but yeah, the rest was was a rough going. You took some L's on, for example. I I mean I guess this is this is one of the the talking points of the week, but you took a big L in San Francisco. I know the Browns did not get sacrificed. <laughs> they did not. Indeed, it's- they sacrificed Brock Purdy. I know Brock looked the worst I've ever seen him. Like at the start, I thought, "Oh, here we go!" Like because they they just scored the Forty Nine ers scored like that first on the board. I was like, "Oh, here we go again!" And then, no, yeah, it, it was so, a weird play. So you, uh, I'm pushed, sorry. So you pushed back on me on the Browns defense not being elite. Did limiting all the weapons for the Forty Nine ers convince you that you were wrong about that? <laughs> it's funny because you remember like in our group chat you were to you were saying like where's the browns if it's he uh, you can here's the browns if it's and you send me the picture <laughs> the truck with a fence on it because you're you're from the state if not mistaken so yes <laughs> makes sense and then i was like well i was i was going home when he said that so i was just hearing the games and so on i wasn't really like paying a lot of attention to it so i I then sent you like some bullet points on the points that you were making and like one of my points were okay but like i pushed back because i said they weren't elite and you said they were pretty good and then i mean turns turns out they are probably elite i mean they they are doing things like like no other defense has ever done probably Nothing from, I believe I saw a stat earlier, and I can actually like get that pretty quickly here because I'm starting to save those. Yeah, the Browns have allowed a thousand yards this season, a thousand and two yards this season. That's the third fewest by a team through its first five games of the season since 1970. That's crazy. Yeah, they are doing things like completely insane, like That's better crazy. than like you the 85 Bears. Yeah, I mean, apparently they are. 
I just thought like the early, the early going of like pretty favorable matchups were were doing a heavy lifting there. But no, I mean the defense is legit. They face the Bengals week one. I'm just. Yeah, I mean, I bummed out Joe Burrow. So I thought it was mostly like playing versus those type of, of QBs. I guess they faced Lamar, but Lamar played well versus them. So. Yeah. But I, I was the one who had them. I believe I had them top 10. Yeah, it, they were my 10th team last year in the last week in the power rankings. So. They um definitely moved up a lot for me. Yeah. Same. So, so... And this is with PJ Walker nonetheless. Yeah, well, turns out turns out when they actually, you know, sign a quarterback with NFL experience that it goes better for them behind that defense. So Yeah, I mean, he didn't play well. <laughs> Like oh, he, he didn't threw play for... well. He played better. He played better than Dorian Thompson, whatever his name is. <laughs> DTR. Robinson. Really, for sure, then. Yeah. Dorian Thompson yeah. Robinson, then. <laughs> it's the DTR man. But yeah, I mean, in this game, I guess we can talk about one of his injuries. But Christian McCaffrey, he was initially yeah. he was going to to the locker room, if I'm not mistaken, or he went to the sidelines. Then he came back, played, I believe it was just a single play, and then went back out again. And then he was ruled out with an oblique injury. So that's something to monitor for sure. Because, like, without McCaffrey, I mean... Well, not only that... Okay, so here, I'll give the 49ers defense. In the 49ers defense, they did lose Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and Trent Williams at some point for stretches during that game. Yeah, I believe Debo was also ruled out uh, with a shoulder injury, but I believe Trent just missed a few plays. But yeah, they did miss him for like a period of time there. But yeah, Christian McCaffrey, I believe it's not only the oblique, but it's also ribs. So, oh no, yeah, that's they might be out without they might be out of Christian McCaffrey this week. Versus, I believe it's the the Vikings. Yeah, they play the Vikings this week. Oh, then it doesn't matter. No, I don't know if it doesn't matter. Give the Vikings some credit. What credit would you like me to give them? I just don't think the Vikings are as bad as people say they are. To be honest, this guy. I mean, I don't. I can't believe that people were actually like thinking the Bears were actually going to do anything. And you did pick the Bears, if I'm not mistaken. It's the yeah. Vikings defense! I took the points! I mean, but it's the Bears offense, man. You can't just look at like the last two games in which there were a bunch of broken plays and just say that the offense is fixed. They are still as bad as they always were. <laughs> I guess I can. I should save this for a segment that comes tomorrow. But uh, there's like the dramatic swift in like shift in like the um, the odds for first coach to be fired are completely asinine to me because like 
Eberflus was by far the, the leading candidate. I believe the odds were pretty miserable. And then he plays two games in which, like, if you watch the games, I mean, there's, like, the offense didn't look as great as they are, as they appeared on paper. And out of nowhere, like, it's Ron Rivera at minus, like, 300, and Eberflus is, like, plus 300. I mean, Eberflus right now is 0-8 versus NFC North in his coaching career as an head coach, of course. That's I mean, crazy. He's the first guy to go for sure. Like to me, there's it's not even a question. I mean, and now they, I guess we can talk about this since we went to the to the Bears. But uh, Justin Fields is now he was ruled out in the game with a right hand injury. I believe they made an, an MIR on his hand and it came back negative, or an X ray on his hand and it came back negative. So that's something to monitor. But he went out in the game and he was replaced by. Tyson or Tyler? I, I never re- recall that guy's name, but I believe it's Tyson Bagent. I don't know because yeah, it's Tyson Bagent. Our dumpster fire team. <laughs> they are. <laughs> that is true, but yeah, it's Tyson Bagent who is now is uh, an undrafted guy uh, out of like shepherd rams like a really like weird unknown college uh yeah it's it's from shepherd so <laughs> oh. <laughs> he played at shepherd so here's the question though like i don't think either of us are denying that eberflus or whatever his name i i'm not going to Eberflus. Okay, so I said it right. Eberflus should get fired. But here's the thing: like the Bears' woes are a lot more than the coach. Like, they are. So what? What's firing the head coach going to really accomplish? Like, what are you hoping to accomplish here? I mean, I would hope they fired not only the head coach but the GM who looked at their defense last year or ranked like dead last in most categories. And then look at the defense and said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to invest a ton of money on two very, like, average linebackers, inside linebackers, nonetheless. And what am I going to do to, like, add rusher and so on? You know what? I'm going to add Yannick Ngakwe at, like, the last minute. That's what I'm going to do. And that's how my defense will be great. And now the defense is terrible. So I hope that guy goes as well. And now the uh, defense was never good. It was never good, but like it's mind-boggling that the guy who built the defense, I mean, who built the roster overall, look at the defense and said, I just need two inside linebackers to make this work. I'm going to pay them a crap ton of money. I mean, come on. That dude needs to be fired as well. Eberflus should be fired. Fire everyone. Um, and now, I guess... If so, they are without fields, I don't so know. Then, so then, I, okay, okay. So then, let's let's change the question then. Okay, you win the lottery and you are a, a billionaire, and you yes. buy the Bears because they might actually be the cheapest team to buy right now. What do you do? You just bought the Bears. What do you do? First thing you do. How do you fix this? First, first thing I do is I trade Justin Fields. I fire the ah! whole coaching staff. You don't want me to trade Fields? I trade Justin Fields and I fire the whole coaching staff, okay? And the GM, of course. 
at the GM. I got I got a guy who actually knows football. I would have to look at a few candidates, and I would I would hire a rising coach. I would I guess I would hire Ben Johnson. Try to lure him, lure him away from the Lions as my offensive coordinator. Then I would build a staff around what he wants because he's shown to be a very very smart offensive mind. Then with the 101, I pick Caleb Caleb Williams, of course. And then with the 102, I pick um, Marvin Harrison Jr. So I run those two out there. I spend a ton of money on free agent. Yeah, I spend a ton of money on the offensive line, uh, and I would try to get edge rushers with like every single one of my picks left. And then I will roll them out there and see what happens. And then I roll them out there and see what happens. I mean, that's just what I would do. I would look for, like, older offensive linemen who are on, like, teams who aren't so good, but, like, offensive linemen who are still showing something. I would trade for those on the cheap, of course. Uh, Try to get them in to the last years of glory to, like, help Caleb Williams have, like, a stable base when he's starting to, to play for the team. I got him on, like, an elite wide receiver. He already has DJ Moore. Uh, he also has Darnell Mooney. I guess we can sign him if he if he doesn't want, like, a crap, a crap ton of money because he's not worth that much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would probably, like, see uh, what I have to do to get out of Komet's deal, probably, because, like, who gave him that contract? I would see what I have to do to get out of, like, the two inside linebackers, Edmonds and... Uh, Edwards, I would I would look to what I can do to get out of those deals as well, but I imagine not much, especially from Hedman's deal, because who in their right mind pays an inside linebacker like who's very average the amount of money that he's being paid, like mind-boggling stuff. I would probably like file a claim for a robbery versus like their GM because he robbed the Bears, and that's what I would do. Okay. So you just so basically, long story short, you would blow it up. You'd, you'd I would blow. Didn't say like blow it up because I wouldn't want to start like from the scratch. I think I would put like pretty competitive team for like a rookie. I think I would put him in a good spot because like the offensive line isn't terrible. They need a few pieces, and that's why I splurge money there because it's a pretty tough position to get right. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I would like. I think the defense needs work, so that's why I would spend like the remaining picks in the draft in the defense, especially at pass rushing. And I mean, I think the team wouldn't be terrible, to be honest. If I get like a coach who actually knows what he's doing in Ben Johnson. Hmm. You know what what I wouldn't do? I wouldn't hire like a defensive minded head coach. And I wouldn't splurge a ton of money on positions that are completely useless. <laughs> so, yeah, but I, I mean, I'm just a random guy here. I'm not even from America, so what does this guy know? I mean, Jesus. <laughs> Give, like, next up, I mean, next up, I just think they should sign, like, I don't know. They give the inside linebackers a ton of money, and now they're going to give a ton of money to their backup fullback and they're starting like no and their backup uh running back that's what you do so you you invest like i don't know like 50 or 60 million in like those three but this those three four positions that's what you do that's how you build a team 
because we are in 9080 and we want to run the ball and we need to stop the run. <sighs> these teams, man, these teams. I swear. You are not a fan of what has been going on in Chicago. <laughs> I mean, I was never a fan. And I mean, we didn't start this podcast like early in the preseason. Otherwise, I would have like a rent per day here uh, without like all of the takes that I saw from like Justin Fields and the Bears. I mean, when you when you go on national television and you have like guys like Dan Orlovsky talking about MVP race for Justin Fields before the season even begins. I mean, I wonder what those guys see on tape. I mean, you look at that team, but like being the MVP is not just that you play good. Like the team actually has to win. And like you look at that team and you look at Fields play so far. And I'm not even like putting this loss on Fields because he went down for quite a while. But then you look at all of that and you start talking about Fields MVP. I mean, those guys should be a, should be held accountable for the things they are saying. I'm not sure if she is, but I mean, it's national. Come on now, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like the defense that couldn't stop anyone in Minnesota. I mean, uh, Fields had six completions on ten attempts. Uh, he passed for fifty-eight yards. Uh, he was intercepted once, which I don't really put it on him. It was a wobble pass uh, that he got contact on when he was releasing. Um, and he was sacked four times for a QB rating of 36.7. And alongside that, he rushed eight times for 46 yards. Great stuff. <laughs> Great stuff. And oh, there was man. someone out there who had the Bears 9-8. and eight. There was someone out there who had the Bears nine and eight. Yes, there were. And we we actually got sent that screenshot because we were talking about the the Packers being like, okay, I mean, come on. At the start of the season, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 caused that was a heated debate. The Packers beating the Bears week one. I remember that. <laughs> I can't believe people were actually against that. But I mean, I think we have spent enough time talking about like pretty bad teams. So I guess we can talk about a team. You don't want to talk about the Titans? Oh, the Titans. I I mean, uh, (laughs) if we're talking about the Titans, I mean, I don't think this game was even this close. When you look at this, you see like 24 to 16. Like from watching back, they had like two massive plays. Other than that, they did nothing. So, I mean, I think this game was probably fair to have ended up like 24 to 8. But yeah, Henry broke like a 65-yard run and he scored like a 15-yard touchdown. And like Tajay Spears at the end had like a 64-yard or 40-something-yard reception. So yeah, I mean, like those two plays probably make up what half of the yardage that the Titans had. In London. So, yeah, this game was not this close. So, it was just a beating. But I guess the Ravens just have this new hobby of trying to, like, lose games. So, they should probably be investigated for something there. Because, like, they go on those big leads to start the game. And they look pretty good to start the game. And, like, in the second half, they just completely implode and try to to give, give away the game. They managed to last week versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now they, they weren't like quite close to doing so. They still won by eight, but yeah. 
Oh, and yeah, uh, Malik Willis is terrible. I don't know who's still putting the, that guy at QB2. But if, I mean, if they're watching Malik Willis and Will Levis both on practice and Malik Willis is number two, I mean, I fear for the Tennessee Titans' future right now. I need to put Will out there. That's, I don't know, that's just, that's just like, a fact to me at this point. They need to put Will Levis out there. I think so as well, because I'm not sure if, like, Willis knows that he's actually playing uh, American football. And I think he's playing rugby sometimes, because he refuses to throw the ball forward. Like, he has something there that is not currently working well. So someone someone should tell him that, like, the forward pass is possible. Uh, But that's, like, too much for him, probably. Willis was, like, projected to be a first-round quarterback. (laughs) You oh dear! Oh, that was a blunder. <laughs> there were there were like fantasy football analysts out there really like hammering the table that Malik Willis would be the guy. Malik Willis has like upside to be like a major QB in the league. I think that's another thing. Like, and th- this is generally for all. Like, I think we give mobile quarterbacks a much 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 longer leash than we do someone who doesn't have mobility thank you i've said that for quite a while because they're they're funnier to watch like not funnier in the sense of like being clowns or they're more they're more exciting yeah they're more exciting to watch so like you like and like good bunch of people play fantasy football right now and like when a guy runs usually has a bigger ceiling a higher ceiling, my bad. Uh, so, yeah. So it comes, it stems from that, in my opinion. It's the same so. thing with like fields and like the, the other QBs from that class. Maybe. Oh, I actually just got an update on Justin Fields. Okay. Iberflus says that he's doubtful for next week with a dislocated thumb on Will his throwing play? end. I mean, does it matter? Kinda. I want to know who I'm betting for. Oh, <laughs> you won't like this. They are That's playing the, the soon-to-be 500 Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, my God. They're I remember the when... I, I believe the Raiders... Uh, This is their second straight... Now, is this their second straight win, or is... No, I don't think it is. Oh no, this is their second straight win. They they beat the Packers last week, and now they yeah. beat the the Patriots this week. So yeah, when they beat the Packers last week, I don't remember. I said in the chat somewhere that it's like it's funny that we're all just like completely discarding the the Raiders as being like the worst team in the league, but yet they will be five hundred in like two weeks. I guess it's just coming to fruition now. Crazy. Yeah, but yeah, uh, regarding like giving a longer leash and like not nitpicking as much the the rushing edge, I think that's one hundred percent true. It stems from fantasy football, in my opinion. Could I don't know? I think that I think oddly enough, like the ability to be able to run as the quarterback also allows you to like stay in games more so the coaches probably also don't get fired as often 
sort of you still need to be able to throw the ball like effectively you still need you still need to be able to be accurate with the football because it's a passing league at the end of the day that's true how miserable are are the titans wide receivers like they got deandre hopkins out here and he looks like average average is being nice they have no one else like the defense just covers him It's like there's there's no one. Well, yeah, but I I just think the Titans are are boring. They're boring to watch. They're boring. Like they're they're just boring. I think Mike Variable's overrated. I don't think he's a bad coach, but I think just like the style at which he plays is just it's boring, dude. I guess I, I just don't think he has had the personnel recently. Because, like, the team is clearly, like, asking for a rebuild. Like, this roster, like, what's their current, like, record, the Titans? Probably, like, two and three or something like that. I mean, this team shouldn't shouldn't have won two games, though. This team is not good. Like, there's no way you can put it. Like, yeah, they're two and four right now. Two and four, yep. Yeah. Before that loss, and they yep. beat... They beat who they did beat. I can't even remember who they beat. I know who they beat. Uh, oh, it was the Chargers. Yeah, and then <laughs> who was it? Uh, I can't see it here. It's it's a weird name. It starts with like C, I believe, but it's not the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. They seem to be like very close though. <laughs> oh, I know. It's it's the Bengals. Okay. Got it. Uh, yeah. yeah, but there's there's no team. This there's no way this team should be like two and four. This team is probably up there. Like for as much as I like defend the Titans, because I think they at the end they are like a grindy team that just manages to be relevant somehow. Like this roster is completely terrible. I mean, the secondary is completely trash. The the only like saving race is their rushing defense. Like the front seven, the front seven though. Like the defensive line is pretty stout, but other than that, I mean, the offensive line can't like can't hold a bunch of Walmart employees. Uh, the wide receivers like are terrible outside of Hawkins, and Hopkins is pretty old right now. You think Traylon Burks is bad, or has Traylon Burks isn't even playing? <laughs> So that's he's the hurt. issue. He's yeah, he's hurt. I think he's missed like the last two games, if not mistaken. And he went out early in the other one. So Yes, I'm getting more updates on, on fields. But apparently the thumb is expected to keep him out. Um in the words of our source, for however long it takes for swelling and stiffness to reside and strain to come back so he can grip a ball. Mm-hmm. No surgery is imminent for Justin Fields, though. Which I guess is a good sign. Yeah, that's like the best sign, I guess. Unless it like it doesn't go down the swelling because uh, I think it's going to be rehab to try and improve the grip strength. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Not great. Surgery, uh, yeah, surgery would mean out indefinitely. So I believe that would be a season ender. Speaking of which, you know who is out indefinitely? Who? 
Anthony Richardson. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's that's going to derail the cold season. Yeah, maybe they get a quarterback. Yeah, they have one. That's current. That's really like I need. I think you should apologize to him because of how much uh, how much slander you put on his name, like saying that Gardner Minshew would be the better QB for this team this like, year. This year, I mean, it's not even like this year. I mean, he's been terrible right now. I mean, I think I guess it was in Duval in like the Colts usually struggle in Duval. But I mean, if this is what he's gonna do the rest of the season, I mean, maybe like the Colts get Marvin Harrison Jr. That would be interesting. Yeah. And also, would make me less excited for Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh, it would. Uh, to me, it wouldn't. I mean, I think Richardson is is real. He's the real yeah. thing. Give him some time. Well, yeah. no, we got to give him more time because. He's this the season's basically punted. I think like what I've heard most is that it's it's still up in the air. Like he's pondering surgery and I think surgery would take him out indefinitely. But yeah. it's the best thing for like the long term health because it it's there's no way it re aggravates damage and so on. Because playing on even if you if you heal up the shoulder, playing on it might do more harm than good long term. And they probably don't want another Andrew Luck situation, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, I, so. But it's night and day. Like, this offense was, was going to be humming with Richardson. No, it is not, unfortunately. And I lost on the Colts, I think. I think you had Jacksonville. Uh, what other games are there to talk about? I guess we can look at the injuries. I mean, we've discussed McCaffrey, we've discussed Tebow. I guess, like, in this game, Trevor Lawrence, like, this was really weird because I barely saw this mentioned in the game. But Trevor Lawrence, I believe he went down late with a knee injury. And yes. now it's, like, it's not 100%. Yeah, it's not 100% clear that he's, he will be willing to go this week. So, I mean, that's something to monitor for sure. Like, that's an injury, I believe. He was going to do an MRI today, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think the results have come back from that. But, yeah. Whew. The, so, the Jacks, I mean, they had, like, what? They had 180-something passing yards this week. That's actually what I was about to transition to. Oh, go go. So, what do you what do you make of the Jaguars? Because they seem like they seem complicated. Yeah, I've been saying it. Like last week, the win versus the Bills was nice and all that, but the offense the offense looked not that good, and they still like didn't look super impressive. I mean, she just had like three interceptions. And I believe he lost a fumble as well, so that's four turnovers. Yeah. And at the end, they were still trying to make a comeback, so tells you something there. And I, I just don't think the offense is clicking. Like right well, now, Lawrence no, doesn't but, look super but honestly, impressive. The, the fact that they're winning these games isn't is is not a bad sign, though. Like they're not playing perfect, and they're winning games. That's yeah, that's that's a I, positive. You're, you're kind of nick. You're kind of nitpicking at that point. Yeah, exactly. It's a positive. 
because if it clicks, they'll be fine. Yeah. And their defense, Jacksonville's defense, run defense is now a top five unit on the season in EPA per rush, per rush allowed. So the defense is improving, and uh, I don't know if the offense will get to that level, but if they do, they're a team to be worried about in the AFC. Right now, I just I just don't see the offense clicking. Like they are making way too many mistakes, and they're they don't look they don't look good. That's just that's just so it. I mean, they got a few short here's, fields. Here's a here's a weird question. Do you think that in 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 some weird way that the acquisition of Calvin Ridley kind of hurt their chemistry as an offensive unit from last year? Could be to be honest, because it's it's like it's when you try to get like a big play wide receiver and a guy with a big name, you sort of like want to get him involved as much as possible, and you sort of feel forced to it. I, I guess they didn't spend a whole lot on him, but you mm-hmm. you sort of want to to have him involved quite a bit, and their offense was pretty loose because of the distribution of targets. Sometimes it was Jay, Zay, sometimes it was Kirk. Um, sometimes it was Evan Ingram and now I guess they're still like sort of like sharing the rock I believe like they had three guys with over six targets six or more targets I guess it was Kirk, Ingram and Ridley but Zay, Zay wasn't in today uh, I guess could it be that they're just sort of missing Zay Jones potentially I mean Zay does make a lot of like he plays for them, and he's another weapon. I, I just, yeah. I don't know. If, it feels like they're leaning more on ETN this year than they did last year. And granted, I think ETN is, has taken that in stride. I think ETN, especially at the end of last game and this game, has looked phenomenal. So, Yeah, um, he has looked pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't I was expecting Tank to get a, a few more touches as the season went on. But I mean we are like more than a than a third of the way into the season and so far like Bigsby hasn't been a factor. He, he was kind of looking like it early in the season, but not anymore, I guess. Yeah, and running backs are more ebb and flow thing, but yeah, ETN is finally starting to uh look like his draft capital suggested. Yeah. So, that's really good. Yeah, I agree. He has been playing pretty, pretty well. So, are we ready to don the new segment? I guess I guess we can we can go with that right now. Yeah. Okay. I think you have a a better understanding of the the format than I do, so go ahead and explain the format. Yeah, we're basically just each are going to pick a team that we think is currently being undervalued, as in the team is probably like not doing so well, but they have the potential to, or they are playing better than the record indicates, so that's an undervalued team. An overvalued team is a team that has like a great record, but right now is like isn't really playing that well, and we think that it's gonna go down basically. And uh, in a few weeks, we aren't gonna look at that team as like that elite of a team that most people think they are. So that's basically it. Do you want to go first, and 
what do you want to do first, I guess? Let's start with the uh, undervalued team, because I know who my overvalued team is, and it's not even close. Okay. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? You know what? You go first this one, I'll go first next one. Okay. <laughs> because the next one, I have a team like ready to go. Uh, but for this one, I. let me just look here to see if I'm not missing anyone, and if my my pick stands. But for my undervalued team... I might go spicy with this one. I am going to go... Just check something here. Okay. Because I have two teams that I really like for this one. Yeah. Uh... Actually, and I'm actually gonna go with this. Ah, uh, but is this team like undervalued right now? That's my that's my, that's my problem with this. It's like, what makes a team undervalued? But I'm just gonna say, yeah, I'm just gonna say right now it's the Vikings. Okay, Ooh, I think people looked at the Vikings last year, and I made this point last show, and they were kind of like, okay, they are pretenders because they are winning a bunch of those one score games, and the team like isn't a 12 and something team like isn't a team that should be win like more than 11 games more than 10 games and i understand that and i was on board with it last year but now they've made a complete opposite a complete one 180 on it i'm not sure if it's 180 probably it's just a 90 because they are just saying that the team is now has gone from okay they are overachieving but they're good to like they are completely terrible and, I mean, they lost close games to the Chargers, the Eagles, uh, the Chiefs, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, all of those were one-score games. The defense, like, had some struggles. Now they maybe might bounce back because, like, there's a pretty solid uh, stretch of games here coming up. I mean, other than the Niners, who might be out, like, their two top playmakers or two of their like biggest playmakers. Uh, then they go like at Green Bay, at Atlanta. Then they, they get the Saints home and at Denver and they get the Bears home. So, I mean, that's a stretch of games in which I'm pretty sure they win at least four of those six games. If they win four of those six games, I mean, that's what? That's a, a 500 team. And people were like completely just throwing him to the trash uh, with the Justin Jefferson injury. And I think they're a better team they're being given credit for. So I think we might look at this team down the season as a team who's trying to get into the wildcard spot, to be honest. So I don't, I don't necessarily think the team is undervalued. I just think that they went 13-3 and three last year. They got a pretty tough role on the schedule, and they didn't make any improvements. In fact, I'd argue they got worse from last year. So, I don't know. They they did get worse on, like, the secondary. I, I think they got worse. Uh, yeah, secondary and just the defense all around, because they let a few big names go. But uh, I just think... Kirk Cousins is like they are into two and four team. It's my team. That's fair. Kirk, they, Kirk Cousins is having a fairly solid year. Justin Jefferson is 
He's the best wide receiver in the NFL, probably. And he's hurt. And he, yeah, yeah, and he's hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Their defense does not look too good. I, I'm, I'm more chalking that up to the Bears' offense than the Vikings' defense. Could be. So I don't know. I could see it. I could see them winning more games, especially if they get to the softer part of their school, if they're going to get to the softer part of the schedule, but if they get to the softer part with Justin Jefferson being available, because I think we undervalue how important he is to the offensive success, because you basically have to commit to people on him at all times. I agree. Like it will make the offense uh easier to cover i guess they also but acquired I... cam Akers, and they there's multiple games where they looked like they absolutely couldn't run the ball at least now they have madison and then if madison is having a rough game they have acres they can go to so a little bit believe... better go ahead i believe acres had like three opportunities this game though yes so yes madison... i think it's just shot to be honest yeah maybe but it's still it's still better than what they had before. Where if you know Madison had a bad game, then it was just bust. Yeah, that is true. Um, but I guess that's. I just think like they are not a two and four team. I think they are a average team, a solid team that should probably be three and three to four and two easily. I mean, if they were four and two, I think like no one would be sounding like the oh they should trade the Kirk Cousins alarm. No one should be doing that. I think they should honestly keep Kirk Cousins there. Especially at least until Justin Jefferson signs. Yeah. And like I believe like the latest report came and said that he isn't really like thinking about wavering his no trade clause because he does have one in that contract. Um, yeah, he has a no trade contract, uh, no trade clause, so he can just like veto any trades there. And he has said that he isn't like thinking about wavering unless like something dramatic happens. Mm-hmm. And I just think the team will will get better. I think this is a five hundred team by the time they get to Dubai. I mean, we'll see. All right, my turn? Yeah. I feel crazy for saying this, but I think the defense outside of, I believe, week one has looked improved from what I saw. The offense has looked absolutely atrocious, but I think if the offense can get it together, this team is a lot better than the record shows, and that's actually, believe it or not, the New York Giants. <laughs> <laughs> so, so listen, if you want to talk about bad schedule luck, let's let's talk about the New York Giants for a second. They got absolutely creamed by the Cowboys week one. There's there's no lying about that. They had to face the 49ers, the Dolphins, the Bills. And then the other two games were also the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Yeah, it was the, Car- the Cardinals and the Seahawks, maybe not necessarily like bad, but when you see an early schedule and you see Cowboys, 49ers, Dolphins, Bills, that's that's pretty rough. That's pretty rough, bro. 
Yeah. It so is. the and I don't think the defense has looked bad. I just think the offense has looked absolutely like I don't know what happened to the offense that I saw last year. Like did Daniel Jones forget how to play football in that time span? I just think it's the offensive line, to be honest. It's hard to play football when you have Evan, like, Neil. two yeah. seconds to read everything. They were down like three starters, if not mistaken. On the offensive line? Yeah. I read the report where it was like uh, guy number one is out, guy number two is out, guy number three is out, guy number four is really in pain, but he sort of <laughs> needs to play <laughs> because there's no one else. It's just it's him alone in a room. So he has to sort of make it work. So I kind of like have a have a laugh at that report. So I'm sure as the season goes on, that offensive line will get healthier. Hopefully, Evan Neal can improve because they did invest huge draft capital in him. But I think going forward, they do have a softer schedule. Brian Dayball, I don't think is a bad coach. I think Daniel Jones can. Play, perform well against non-elite teams. So, I think yeah, and, moving forward they'll be better. And they were in that game versus Buffalo last night. Oh yeah, the whole yeah, pretty much the whole time, pretty much. Yeah. They had two drives there at the end. And if like, if in like the the last part of the first half, I believe like they tried to run a first down play with Barkley, a run with Barkley when it was they had like I believe it was 12 seconds on the clock and they run on first down and like the clock expires because they can get set for another play. I mean if they just kick the field goal there, they kick a field goal in the end because they have two tries at it. They kick the field goal at the end and they win, so hmm. I mean maybe the defense has turned the corner as you said, like they have been performing better. Oh, uh, so maybe they they just turn a the corner there. Yeah, I think they could. I think that I don't know the division is tough because you have the Cowboys, you have the Eagles, and you have the Commanders all in the same division. But at the same time, I don't think it's a bad football team. Like, I'm pretty so, certain they like. The Cowboys and the Commanders will have the same record by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. That's crazy to think about, man. <laughs> I guess you can go first on the the underachiever the overachievers in this case. I don't care. You can label me a hater. I don't care. It's the Buffalo Bills. They actually dropped quite a bit in my power rankings this week. Oh, oh, you mean they're not number one anymore? You, you, you have seen the light. You or or number two. (laughs) Or number two. You've (laughs) seen the light. You're like, huh? You know, the defense doesn't perform. Like I, I came into the season and I said this team on paper to me looks like the best roster in the NFL, and they continually underperform 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 i don't care that they're winning games and yeah i guess you winning football games is a good thing but at some point you have to look like a team that can beat the kansas city chiefs or the miami dolphins or the cincinnati Bengals. and i i don't see it i don't see it Give, give me the argument give me your argument that the team you saw against the giants can go into kansas city and win or 
win a game against Cincinnati at home? Like, tell me, tell me, please tell me, tell me how you see it. The defense is brutal. It's just that, like, if like with the defense playing at the level that they are, the offense just needs to like do something, and that's like what they're currently missing. Like, they are not being able to get in that gear. Um, but yeah, they like my Stephon argument Diff- is the defense. Gabe Davis. They have Josh Allen. They have. We need James to Cook. stop. We need to stop. Try and make Gabe Davis a thing because it will never be a thing. Like Gabe <laughs> Davis is not a, a good wide receiver too for a team. Gabe, stop. if you're if like Gabe Davis is your like alpha wide receiver too that you think he is, you're they in trouble. Dalton can get eight in the first round. Yeah, Dalton was out this week, I believe. Yeah, okay. with a concussion. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if it's Gabe Davis, your wide receiver too. And they have been trying to make Gabe Davis work for like two or three years now. And it's just like, he's not consistent enough. Like, it's just not an, a good wide receiver for that roster. Like, that roster needs... When you look at like, for example, Cincinnati, they have a Chase, they have a Higgins. Uh, Kansas City, I mean, they have a Kelsey and then they play a Russian roulette with those guys and it doesn't really matter because like Mahomes is that much better. Okay, whatever. Uh, like, the Chargers, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, uh, Joshua Palmer, I guess. Like, Joshua Palmer is a better wide receiver than Gabe Davis, in my opinion. So, like, the, the yeah, the Chargers wide receiver three is better than the, the Buffalo Bills wide receiver two. So. Is Quentin Johnston better? I didn't mention him for a reason. Like, <laughs> I am excited to see, like, because this is a primetime game. There's nothing else for me to watch. I'm excited to, to be proven wrong because this is supposedly the week in, like, Teams start to plan for wide receivers, for rookies more, because they came out of bye and so on. So now they should have, like, a better game plan for the rookie. So I'm excited to be proven wrong about Quinton Johnston, because despite what some might believe, I actually, like, like just see good players rise and, like, good young players rise. So I'm all to be proven wrong about Quinton Johnston. Do I think it will happen? Not likely. You're just, we might as well put, you got, you're a card-carrying member of the Quentin Johnston hater club. The realistic Quentin Johnston <laughs> appreciator. Realistic. <laughs> this guy. So who's, yeah, your, I mean, who's your overrated team then? Oh, no, this one you go first. I did, I just said the Bills. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You it's did. the Bills. I, I mean, like. If you have been paying attention to the, sh- to the show, it's pretty clear where I'm going with. But it's the Philadelphia Eagles. And, I mean, they, they just lost to... They look better than the Bills. Oh, they did? No, I'm sorry. I must. I might not... I mean, they scored more points, but, like... And I guess not all of the turnovers won, were on Ertz. But, like, at least one or two were on him. And they just lost to Zach Wilson. My guy, Zach Wilson. The Zach attack. I think they got more Brees than anything. Oh, no, 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 no. Brees Hall had like 39 yards rushing. If I'm not mistaken, Brees was one of their top two receivers. Uh, you are not. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah, you are not. He was 5 for 54. That wasn't top two? 
He had like 180 yards passing. No, I'm saying, I'm saying you were right. Yeah. It oh, was okay. Their, okay. <laughs> their second leading like receiver in terms of targets and yards and yeah. receptions. Yeah. I'm telling you, he got breezed. He got sacked. The Zach attack. That Jets defense is amazing. I'm, it is. I'm Without actually, sauce and DJ Reed. I'm actually really sad Aaron Rodgers got hurt at the like the second play of the season pretty much because I think that uh, had he played this whole season, we would be looking a lot more optimistically at the Jets because like they're 3-3 three and three right now. I mean, to be honest, though, like I know it's it's popular to hate on Zach, but to be honest, like when I looked at the Jets, I believe I can go back to my to my schedule and so on, but I think I had them three and three going into the bye. So I mean, they are just like most media outlets out there had them around three and three. Like some opti- optimists had them four and two, but like most had them three and three with Aaron Rodgers. And they are three and three with the Zach attack. Yeah. And Zach, like, people like to, like, keep just, like, messing up with Zach. Zach isn't playing bad. Like, he isn't playing. I'm not saying he's a good football player right now, but he isn't playing bad still. Do you think Zach Wilson gets signed somewhere in the offseason? I wouldn't be shocked if he resigns with the Jets. Because isn't this, this isn't the last year. Next year is the last year, right? Uh, Yeah, last year it's year four of the contract. So he also has the player option, uh, the team option. So they have to decide if they want to accept the team option going into yeah. next season or not. So, Which I, I doubt they do. They probably just like sign an extension with him if he keeps playing like this. Like a one to two year extension. And he's just like, he's going to back up Aaron Rodgers until Aaron retires. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I I look at Zach and, okay, like, the st- if you'll just look at the stats, like, he hasn't been impressive. I mean, he threw for under 200 yards this week. That's not, like, something to write home about. But when you watch these games, like, he's at least improving from what, I, what he did last year. Like, he is making the throws that he wasn't last year. He's fooling uh, safeties with his eyes, which he wasn't really doing last year. And he was doing it in college, which is why I really like them. One of the reasons why. And he's making some tough throws. He's standing in the pocket. He's taking shots. Like I saw one where he, I believe it was a completion to either Conklin or Jeremy Ruckert, one of their tight ends. And he stood in the pocket. He took a big hit from Hassan Reddick. And he just completed that ball like no issue. And he was just... I mean, he's just playing solid football. It's like, it's not wow football. It's not great football. It's solid football. Like, people can hate him all they, all they want. Like, the kid is showing some moxie. They see the future for the Jets, though. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, is this Ackett doing this, or is this like the influence influence from actually learning from a veteran good QB? Because Zach never had that before. I mean, I guess he had Flacco, but Flacco is not really a mentor type of QB. 
And I guess, like, Aaron doesn't strike me as the guy who would mentor everyone, but Aaron strike me, strikes me as that, like, high school guy who thinks he's really cool and is kind of a weirdo at times and doesn't really talk with a lot of people. But the guys who look up to him, he really tries to make an effort to actually, like, try to teach them some things. So he strikes me as that type of guy. And, like, I believe coming out of college, Zach's, like, big, big, like, uh, not a really idol, but, like, people he looked up to as a QB in the NFL was Aaron Rodgers. He tried to mimic a lot of what Aaron did in the pros to what Zach did in college. So, I mean, if it's Rodgers doing here, like, if he, if it's just Rodgers uh, showing him how things work in the NFL, showing him what he was doing wrong, like, having a proper mentor, I mean, maybe he can be the future for the Jets. Because right now, like, the way he's playing, like, I think the main takeaway is that the red zone offense is pretty poor. Like, they had plenty of trips that just led to field goals because... He still gets a bit antsy uh, in the pocket when they are in the red zone. So if he improves that, I mean, if he gets more comfortable there, I don't know. But I got completely sidetracked there. I mean, I was talking about the Eagles, and <laughs> I just <laughs> I just went on this whole Zach Wilson tirade again. So apologies there. But yeah, I mean, Hurts looked sloppy there with some of his decision makings. Uh, they were down a few players. Uh, I believe they were down their rookie uh, defensive lineman, uh, Carter, Jalen Carter. I believe it was Carter uh, or the other guy from Georgia. Like they have 50 guys from Georgia. So, um, but yeah, they were kind of, Davis? yeah, it was either Davis or Carter. It was one of the two that were, that were out uh, to stop that run uh, rushing offense. But it, I mean, <sighs> They scored 14 points in the first half, and they lose the game, what, uh, 20 to 14. So they didn't score a point throughout, like, two halves of football. And I guess that's part of the defense, but, like, the turnovers, some of them were sloppy. Some of them were just the ball. For example, one of them was the ball getting out of Dallas Goddard's and then just going straight into the Jets defender's hand. But some of them were sloppy. So I think the the Philadelphia Eagles might be in trouble here. And when I look at their schedule, I mean, coming up, who do they have? Because I know they face Miami. I was looking at this earlier. Um, They face up next until the bye. Actually, they are 5-1-1 right now. They're still leading the division like pretty comfortably. But right now, I mean, they're going to face Miami next week. Uh, It's in Philadelphia. Then they go at Washington, and Washington always plays them tough. Then they get the Cowboys. Then it's the bye. Then after the bye, they go at Kansas City. Then they get the Buffalo Bills. They get the San Francisco 49ers. And they are at the Dallas Cowboys. I mean... That's a rough, rough schedule, man. You're not wrong. It is a very for rough a, schedule. Yeah, for a team who has looked really unimpressive so far. They are probably like the least unimpressive 5-1 team I've seen in a while. 
No, man, that's pretty tough competition with the uh, the Vikings team from last year. That is true. That is true. I was probably overselling it there a bit. But they are not super impressive. I mean, they have won what? They have won three one-score games. Lost one so far. I mean, are they just the Vikings this year? Will they just like, not look good all year and just win some games? Scraping by? Or are they this year's Minnesota Vikings? And the luck will eventually change. I don't know. That's, that's a good question. I just think like this team is is not great. And they haven't figured it out on offense. It's just like ever since they, they lost Steichen to the Colts, I don't know. This offense just isn't clicking right now. The pieces are all there. But the offense isn't clicking. You're not wrong. It's funny that these teams are like back to back in my power ranking, like these two overachievers. So this is an, a little spoiler for what's coming up next. I guess there's looking one my, thing. Looking at my list, oh. I don't think my cha- my list changed much from last week to this week. Honestly. I had a few changes here. Like my the toughest thing for me right now is picking who should be one, to be honest. Because uh, all go ahead, sorry. All of my top three teams are kind of like one and a half. None of them should really be one. At least logically. But yeah. At least logically. Because like I, I know who I want to put at one or two of the teams that I want to put at one. Neither of them should be one. So, but yeah, uh, there's one thing that we should talk about. Um, Can I do? Go ahead. Going. What? What? What you were saying? I was actually just uh, checking out my list, and there's a lot. There's a lot of hard decisions for your top ten this week. Like I don't think I don't think it's very cut and dry who your ten are. Yeah. I have the same issue here. But I was going to say, uh, we should really talk about but because we, we missed it, but the Jimmy Garoppolo injury uh, on the Vegas, uh, Las Vegas Raiders and the New England Patriots game. Mm-hmm. Uh, tough one. I mean, really weird injury. He, he got up from the hit. Then he was starting to hold on to his back. Then, like, I guess it was five minutes later, I get a tweet from like multiple sources retweeting a guy who said he watched him uh, he watched Jimmy pass by him going into an, um, an ambulance and then it's reported oh, that no. he just went straight to the hospital because of a back injury straight to the ho- uh oh yeah straight to the hospital i don't think it's like i don't think they've said anything severe right now for him but i believe like he's at least doubtful if not it like Already out for this week versus the Bears. <laughs> so wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So what you're telling me is when we eventually go to talk about these lines, we're going to be talking about Aiden O'Connell and who for the Bears? My son Bedgent. 
badge. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 It's the battle of the rookies. Okay. <laughs> oh. that, that's just unbelievable. <laughs> Aiden O'Connor, or maybe it's just Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer didn't look terrible. Yeah, Brian Hoyer did play in the game yesterday. Yeah. So, so maybe it also yeah. happened when Garoppolo went down the past week, the past like time he went out. I believe Oyer played the rest of the game, but then Aiden pl- started versus the Chargers the next week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and still on that game, I'm not sure if you saw, uh, but I sent a tweet in there. But this this was the first time in Bill Belichick's head coaching career. His team had a zero or fewer total yards in the first quarter of football. Patriots are yes. bad. They are. The Patriots are bad. And so, I will save one of my thoughts about Mac Jones and that whole situation they, for tomorrow. That's for tomorrow, but yes. Well, th- this kind of goes into it. Let's say the Patriots, because they're performing bad enough to get a top five pick. Let's be real. Yes. Do you think they're good? They kind of have to go quarterback, right? right? Uh, it would be hypocrite of me to say no when I have made that point multiple times regarding Justin Fields. But here's. <laughs> yeah, just because, like, from the draft, I like Mac more than I like Justin. So it would be hypocrite of me to just straight up say no. But what I would say is that, one, uh, if it's top five pick and it's not the 101 in Caleb, I guess, like, I'm not sure will be available. Drake? Like, is Drake uh, is Drake May available? And, I, like, I've heard people who aren't really that sold on Drake May, for example. Uh, is Shadur Sanders? I think it's just he beat over hyped right now. Who else is available, right? I think there's another guy who I'm completely blanking on, who's a pretty touted name for being like that high up. So here's a question that um, we might want to say for Thursday, but I'm going to bring it up here. Do you think, because it's more of a general football discussion, do you think with the NIL money, we are going to see more quarterbacks stay longer in college? Do you think there's a chance Caleb Willen doesn't come out this year? I think it acts a bit like the player power movement that has happened, for example, in the NBA. Not to the same extent, but it gives the play the players like a safety net. It's just not like NFL or bust for me right now because I'm making like I believe Shadur Sanders, like primetime son, is yeah. making north of five million this year in college. Five million? Yeah, I think I've heard that report. It was either five or three. But it was like a pretty substantial amount for a what a twenty year old, and it's pretty close to what an NFL QB gets like year one. I guess not really year one because of the signing bonus and so on. But like, it's more than like what the first three years of salary, like pure salary, that a QB gets when he goes drafted into the NFL, and like the job safety is there, and like it's probably much better. Of a of a job than to be like 
taking it from guys who are absolutely massive monsters. Other like instead of facing the guys who are facing in college, who probably will be selling insurance in like three months. So, if you ask me, if I would like, if I'm Caleb Williams and I'm like generational talent and all of that, and you ask me if I want to like go play for the Bears and who like made another boneheaded hire for head coach and GM, uh, or just go back to college and like make another. I don't know, three to four million and like be completely comfortable and still be the generational talent next year. I mean, I'm not sure if I don't prefer just to go back to college. I've, I've made that point before. Like, I'm not sure if it's here, but I've made that point before. Like, I think it's gonna, like, it's gonna mess up a few of our, of our perceptions because for example, for fantasy football, we usually look for guys who are early declares. I think you sort of have to start to let that one go because some of the guys just might stay in college for the money. Well, that's more for skill positions like wide receivers and running backs. Yeah, running backs especially. And honestly, I don't think it'll affect running backs because at the same time, like we've mentioned, there's a touch clock. So I think you want to get to the NFL younger regardless of the money if you're a running back, would you not? It depends because you're looking at what a three to four million contract, a three to four million dollar deal uh, in your rookie seasons. Like I believe it's it averages out about a million a year for your first four years. I mean, if the guy is big enough, like in college, he has a big enough name. I'm not sure if he just doesn't get close to that in like two seasons. Then you just save yourself the hustle, the all of the the troubles and tribulations of just going to the NFL. You just play another year. I mean, if it was another Bijan situation, like imagine if it's another Bijan. I don't, I don't think anyone is really close to that level right now. But if another Bijan just came out and with all of this NIL money and so on and so forth, but he didn't have like the same type of pool that a Bijan had in which he made him like go as a top 10 pick because if it's a ton pick if like your agent tells you that you will be a top 10 pick then you will obviously declare because that's mm-hmm. that's great money but like if your agent flies a few few contacts out there and what you get is that you're basically like a late first round pick or an early second I don't know how you just don't stay in college for another year like get the money, get the NIL money. Like you get the touches in college, but I guess they're like they shouldn't really be counted as much as like NFL touches. And then you just join a year later. I mean, odds are you won't get like a great second contract either way. So I would just get the NIL NIL money because that's guaranteed. Get the NIL money because that's guaranteed. I think that should be the mindset, to be honest. But what I was what I was gonna say, just like going back to the who should they draft uh, argument, mm-hmm. the Bears to me are much more like hurting draft Caleb. One because you get Caleb, and but two because like 
the offensive line is around them is like the Bears' offensive line is not bad. It's like it's average, but it's not bad in my opinion. And they have an alpha wide receiver there with him, Hindi Moore, even if they don't draft Marvin Harrison Jr. So the rookie has building blocks there in that team to like make something work. Like if I'm the Patriots, my offensive line is completely like garbage. My wide receivers, like none of them should be more than a wide receiver three. And I have like an amalgam of guys who look who all look pretty much the same and who all like are as terrible as one another. Like last last night, the the Devontae Parker drop. I mean, that guy should be fired the next week. Like you're a team that has struggled as much as the Patriots are have struggled so far. Mac Jones has struggled like we all all we all know so far. And he makes a throw that would probably make that game at least competitive at the end. He it, it's a perfect throw. It's like it's the best throw that I've seen like from Mac Jones from like a year and a half basically. It's a perfect dot to Devontae Parker. It's him straight in the ends and goes through the ends to the ground. I mean Devontae Parker should be fired like the second he touched the sidelines. Because that just can't happen. And then, like, the offensive line is a complete rumble and he gets sacked for safety. So my point is that I'm not sure if it is just, like, as quiet as black and white they should go QB because of all there is around the QB. Like, they don't have the pieces around the QB to have to make that QB succeed. I'm not saying that. Uh, I guess they probably would take the QB because, like, they've given Mac like what three years now, four years. I guess the QB will be the play. I am not sure if it's the right play. It's my point. I'm not sure if it'll be the right play. <sighs> but I guess we can talk about the power rankings now. Go with it. Okay, I guess you can go ahead because I have talked way too much in this podcast now. <laughs> People might be tired of me by now, so give I'm us a go. Tired of you, oh, thank you. <laughs> give us a go. Okay, so today is the day that the homerism takes over. The number 10 is the Cincinnati Bengals after their the defensive annihilation of the Seattle Seahawks. Number nine, and I I wait to see how they play today. That's why they're the nine, is the Dallas Cowboys. Number eight is the Buffalo Bills, who continue to fall. They're free-falling, baby. Seven is the Jaguars. Six, I moved them up a lot, like almost, like, Double their spots to Cleveland Browns. Five is the Eagles. Four is the Lions. Three is the Dolphins. Two is the Chiefs. And I'm going to keep the 49ers at one. Hmm. That's bold, actually. (laughs) Is it bold? I don't know. Like, I'm not looking just how they have done so far, but I'm looking at the future as well. And if they are without McCaffrey, 
and Debo for a considerable amount of time. We might see some struggles from Brock Purdy after all. He might be human. He might be human. But yeah, I mean, I guess I can go now. In 10, I have the Dallas Cowboys. So they are still... uh, It was between the Cowboys, the Seahawks, or the Jacksonville Jaguars here. But I'm I'm going to keep the Cowboys because I haven't watched them play. So and I've watched the other two and both showed me worrisome signs. At nine, I have the Cincinnati Bengals. So maybe I'm more of a homer than you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Uh, at eight, I have the Los Angeles Chargers, who still haven't played as well. At seven, I have the Cleveland Browns. At six, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. Not so, much different. Not, but at five, I have the Buffalo Bills. I'm still five. giving them another week. You're still giving them another week. At four, I have the Detroit Lions. Um. I'm going to get some pushback here, but at three, I have the San Francisco 49ers. Why <laughs> three? That's uh, the question. Yeah, this is basically my issue with it. It's that like all three of these teams could be one. Neither of these three teams should be one. So this is like all three are in the same tier, but to me, they are in that 1.5 tier. I just don't think any of these teams has really like unglued themselves from the the pack, if that makes sense. So at two, I have Miami, the Dolphins. And at one, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's, it's not a team that I would want to be like my first team after what they showed me versus Denver. Because the offense wasn't really clicking again. Versus like one of, if not the worst defense ever recorded by a few metrics. But it's a divisional game on a Thursday night. There's like some factors to it. I think like if it if the game happened like, I don't know, on a random, a random Sunday afternoon... I think the the Chiefs beat the Brakes off the bar, the Broncos, but yeah, divisional game on Thursday night. I guess I understand why it happened the way it did, and they still covered the line. So <laughs> I'm gonna put <laughs> they covered the line <laughs> by half a point, but they did. <laughs> so yeah, I'm putting KC at first because I'm I don't I don't I'm, hate that I don't hate that yeah. You just don't like that San Francisco is as low. I mean, honestly, I'm curious as to when we start considering the Lions in the top three. Oh, they're very close. I was, I was pretty tempted. Like, if one of this, like, if one of Miami or KC had lost, Detroit would be in my top three. So this yeah. is how close I am to putting them there. Because, because that's kind of the thing. The four. The 49ers, Chiefs, Dolphin, Lions. I feel really good about that. I feel really good about that. So, yeah. And as like as the, the Lions. 
It's just the Dolphins had that one week where the offense couldn't do anything. And other than that, like one week, it's been like the best offense I've ever seen. Yeah, that is true. And for like, I don't know, the first quarter of football versus the Panthers. Like, yeah. They were shut out 14 to nil. Yeah. I'm and then they lie. just came out on the about that bet until <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. And then the, and then I looked up, it was 28 14. I was like, oh. Oh yeah. <laughs> it just completely unraveled. And I think that's why I'm kind of afraid of the Eagles actually looking decent and like Miami's often struggling a bit again. Because what the Panthers really did well to start the game was just blitzing, blitzing the hell out of Tua, like put Brian Burns on a ton of packages to blitz and just get after the QB, pressure them a bit. And that uh, they didn't look that great. But like the personnel that Carolina has currently like really doesn't work for that type of, of defense. So they eventually just got ran over. But I do think that the Eagles might have that personnel to like keep the pressure going every single play. Not like every single play, of course, but like for most of the game, just keep the pressure going. They so, have personnel to do that. yeah. So if they go with that game plan, I'm not sure how well Miami's offense will do. But maybe like McDaniel's can can coach them up at the half. That's like come kinda, up with some some skin that, I, changes. I guess that's kind of my ultimate pushback about you saying the Eagles are because yes, are they underperforming for the talent they have in their roster? I would agree with that. That I think that's more than fair. But look at the Eagles' defensive line or front seven, and look at their offensive line, and I don't know who's better. So at the end of the day, you know. The battle in the trenches wins out. I think. I think they win more games than just on that alone. It could be, but I, I'm just. I'm just tentative of putting them back in my top five again until they start showing me like they are a good team. And like right now, if I had to say. I'm not sure if like only my top four teams this week. I would give a chance to win the Super Bowl. I think I as far as that might I think be as far true. as chance to win a Super Bowl matters more as we close in at the end of the season, not going on right now, to be honest. Yeah, it might be more reactionary than it should. Yes. Okay. Which by the way, we are gonna talk about uh overreactions in fantasy on our next episode. That's gonna be fun. Yeah. And we have a new segment as well for that. We do have a new segment. Tune in tomorrow. Tomorrow, no. The day after. When you have the, the show ready. New segments all around. True. Don't we have to get the lines? You know? I we do. To, I have to be wrong this again. This is the last spot. This is the last point of the show. So, <clears throat> did you get the link that I sent you? With all of that? No, but I have DraftKings on my phone. I can always just... Pull oh, I forget that you're American, and I don't have that. Yep. <laughs> okay. So, the Thursday night... Uh, the Monday night football uh, game is pending this week. So, let's look at the games from last, uh, next week. 
So, Thursday Night Football. Jacksonville Jaguars at the New, New Orleans Saints. Uh, over under is 40 points on the dots. And the uh, Saints are a point favorite. Hmm. This is a really weird line. I agree. Because for as much as I don't like the Jacks, like, I wouldn't say they are just like a one or two point team better than the Saints in a neutral ground. I so, agree. yeah, I'm going with... Huh. I'm going with the Saints, minus one. You're going with the Saints, <laughs> minus one? Just a completely curveball here for you. I'm just going to bet on the Saints defense showing up. Give me the Jaguars. Plus, it's Thursday night football. I don't know. The Jaguars have been great in these weird niche spots, so let's go. Thursday night football. Here comes Jacksonville. Okay. Next up. Cleveland Browns at Indianapolis Colts. Browns favored by two points. Give me the Browns. That is a really weird line. Two points? Yeah. Like, Cleveland, after what they did versus the best team in the league, what scares me here uh, is the Deshaun Watson injury because I am uh, it's a really weird situation like apparently he hasn't even been cleared for practices or anything yeah. uh, like Are I've seen some implications yeah, I've seen some implications that it's it's him trying to hold something up there I don't know it's it's a weird situation but I guess that's what you get when you like fully guarantee your guy's contract yep uh, but yeah, I'm just going with Cleveland minus two as well. I think this line, if anything, changes uh, if Watson is is considered like good to go. So yeah, I'm taking Cleveland minus two. Next I don't up, believe, I don't believe this next line. Um, okay, because like the Cleveland game wasn't the next one for me, so I'm guessing this one is the next one for you. It just changed life. <laughs> It just changed live, yes. Okay, so this is the game. So Detroit Lions at the Baltimore Ravens. The uh, uh, the over under is forty four points, and the Ravens are two and a half point favorites. Was three point favorites like a second ago? So, and this, this line will fill it. I'm telling you, this line will flip. <laughs> hmm. Hum? Hum? I'm kind of like... Really? Mm. I'm picking... I really want to pick Baltimore, to be honest. Then then, then pick Baltimore. Because Detroit's, Detroit's record away from home isn't really all that great, especially when, when Goff gets pressured. Plus, we didn't mention this, but Montgomery should be out this week. Jameer Gibbs? And Jameer Gibbs has been out the last two weeks with an hamstring injury. So, yeah, I'm taking Baltimore minus two and a half. I've convinced myself that Baltimore should be the player. And this will totally be like backfire. Give me the lines. I just think at home, 
the Ravens, two and a half. Like, I know they like to blow games away, but, like, the defense should be stout. And Goff away is a different beast from Goff uh, in Detroit, in the Dome. So, is it a Dome? Or I have just completely fumbled it, but I think Detroit is a Dome. Yeah. Anyway. But, yeah, I'm going with Baltimore minus two and a half, yeah. Okay. okay, so it is a dome. I'm not crazy. No, you're not crazy. Oh, next up. Buffalo Bills. Oh, they just locked the line. On the, the Baltimore game, yeah. wasn't it? Yes, they locked the line. <laughs> well, we got it in before it was locked. I did, yeah. <laughs> they locked the line. Bro, they're reevaluating life decisions over there. All right. Yeah. Buffalo Bills at New England Patriots. Buffalo Bills favored by nine points. I think they could blow out New England, but I, I, I nothing from what I've seen from the Bills gives me a suggestion that they're going to cover nine points. So give me the Patriots. I can't believe I just said that. The Patriots look all-time bad. <laughs> they look completely atrocious. And I have not seen a single glimpse that they will look any better going forward. That said, this is a divisional game. Buffalo's offense has struggled. They go at New England. I'm really trying to sell myself that New England is a play. Give me New England plus nine. You, you, it's, you, it's you gonna had be the like, layup. You could have said Buffalo. You had the layup. I know. I know. I'm, I'm just not going to regret it by the time. It's going to be one of those picks in where it's like, what in the they're hell gonna, were we they're thinking? Gonna get, they're going to get demolished. Yeah, yeah. Take down again. Savon Diggs is just going to have like 200 yards. Yeah, like. They lose like twenty-eight to three or something like that. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, like the Buffalo Bills defense has been like otherworldly almost, and like yeah. the New England Patriots defense uh, offense has been like pretty like crap. <laughs> so I'm expecting this to go pretty bad. But yeah, here we are, both on New England plus nine. So, next up, the Atlanta Falcons at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are two and a half point favorite, and the over under is thirty nine. This might be the oh no, this is not the lowest of the week. But yeah, <laughs> did you see which one was the lowest? The next game. <laughs> For me, it's actually the game after. So we have a few flips here. Well, for me, it's the uh, Okay, I am picking. Can I just say, how long will I have to endure the Desmond Ritter QB play? Just take the guy away. Give it to a guy who is at least like interesting to watch in Tyler Heineke. Give me the Buccaneers minus two and a half. 
You picked the Buccaneers minus two and a half. Actually, no. I'm gonna go with Atlanta. Like, uh, I don't care about this thing. I will. I will. I'm the guys on the Titanic as the boat is shipping is currently like sinking down to the ocean. I am the band still playing at the Titanic because I've watched the planet be like just. And I am just here. I am just here in the boat as it sinks because Arthur Smith just hates life and just wants to see Desmond Ritter out there. I am hoping it changes sometime. It is not, is it? It's just going to be Desmond Ritter forever and ever. But yeah, I mean, like, their defense is still not bad. The offense needs to do something. And they're throwing a bit more. Like, I wasn't super far away from my fantasy football Cowpits prediction. So, but yeah, like, Tampa Bay's defense sort of scares me. Uh, but, like, the offense, is, like, they probably should get a better running back if they want to run as much as they do. Like, Rashad White is not good. We should really like mention that <laughs> we they had us full there for a bit but yeah I'm going with Atlanta I have derailed this you go you know what's crazy <laughs> I'm gonna go there with you <laughs> going there with you Give me the Falcons. I don't know why, but I just have this sneaky suspicion that the, somehow all those elite weapons are just going to figure it out one week, and this is going to be the week. Versus your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I wouldn't call my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but yes, versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> you like them quite a bit. Yeah, I, they were in my top ten multiple weeks in a row. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Next up. Do I have to? You do. Mm. It's the stupid Raiders and the stupid Bears. The Raiders are favored by three. (sighs) Honestly, in a game like this where you have two backup... I can't believe I'm I'm doing this. I I I can't. I can't believe I'm doing this. In a game like this, where you have two backup quarterbacks, give me the points. I'm going to Chicago Bears again. Thanks. <laughs> now it's time for me to, to sink on the ship. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to the Raiders minus three. I mean, I was someone that said that Tyson Badgent would start a few games this year, even without an injury because they would just pull the plug on Justin Fields. I gotta say, from what I've seen from Tyson Badgent, um, he wasn't drafted for a reason. So, I'll leave it at that. I am going with my guy, Aiden O'Connell, leads the Las Vegas Raiders to a 500 record after six, seven weeks of football. Book it. Oh, man. The Raiders 
are back. That was painful. I can't believe. Oh God, the next one. <laughs> if you thought that was painful, the Washington Commanders at the New York Giants. The New York Football Giants getting plus two at home, and the over under is forty and a half. Hmm. It's a division. It's a divisional matchup. Giants are playing at home. Yep. Give me the Commanders minus two. I think this is a letdown spot from New York. I think they played a really good game. Didn't manage to just get it down to the finish line. Finish line, yeah. And they just going to let us down here. I don't think Daniel Jones is any closer to coming back. I believe he has reported still that he suffers from some, some discomfort from the left part of his neck. And it extends down towards the arm. So that might be something that it's that requires a surgery to fix. I wouldn't be shocked if it's something like that, to be honest. I believe he has had neck uh, surgery and neck injuries. So it Who could is? be something from that. Uh, Daniel Jones. Yeah, I believe it's something, it could be something neurological. So I would, yeah, I'm going with the commanders here. Minus two. Give me the Giants. Just... <laughs> Give me the Giants. Commanders are on the rise. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just using the strategy of not Alex. <laughs> okay, the afternoon games. You can go on the first one. The Pittsburgh Steelers against the L.A. Rams. The L.A. Rams at home favored by three points. Give me the Steelers. Hmm. Okay. Not expecting that one. I'm hoping that they figure something out. Uh, but it's Matt Cannon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I am going with the Rams. Minus three. I think the Rams are sort of turning a, cur a curve here with Cooper Cup. Speaking I am words, not... Um, there is news on that game. Kyron Williams will be out for that game. Oh, that has been reported. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep, I was yep. going to mention... Oh, yeah, yeah, just saw it. Okay. I was going to mention that he, he finished the game, I believe, last week. But there were some reports that he had something in his ankle. Apparently, he's now out with a sprained ankle. Yep. Ooh, that's interesting. Okay, and I believe they are without their running back, too, as well. So they might look at the free agent market there to add someone. Okay, that's interesting. I'm still going with the Rams minus three. I don't think that that really makes a difference. I think they'll just grab a random guy and plug it in and he will be okay. Uh, as long as his name is not like K-Makers. Everyone seems to be okay there, so. Uh, still with the, uh, with the Rams. And next up for me, it's my team. The Seattle Seahawks. Uh, actually, the Arizona Cardinals at the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks are seven and a half point favorites versus the Stingy Cardinals, who have seemed to be losing like some of their like 
fire as of recently because they look sort of lost out there versus the Rams. And I am going with the Seahawks when seven and a half. I know it's a big line and that the Cardinals aren't as bad as we thought they were, but they still like they play with some heart and they managed to get a few a few things going. But in the end they still lose by like double digits every week. So I'm just going with the CX minus seven and a half. Give me the points. Give me the Cardinals. Mm. You're still going with the Cardinals. Yeah. Too many points. I have regrets. All right. Next up, LA Chargers at Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Chargers favored by five and a half points. Give me the Chargers. Give me the points. Yeah, there's there's no way I would ever take the Chargers here. They got royally screwed up by the NFL here. I'm, I gotta like this one is pretty nuts to me. Like I'm picking the the Chiefs with minus five five and a half, but I don't think I've ever seen a team like a divisional matchup who happens after like a team plays Thursday night football and the other plays Monday night football. Like the Chargers, <laughs> like they got screwed here by the NFL. I mean, the Chiefs have like what two extra days of rest, three extra days of rest versus the Chargers, who will be on a short week on a Sunday. Yeah. I mean, this one is like I'm going with the Chiefs. I know it's quite a bit of points for these Chiefs, these Chiefs team, but yeah, I'm still going with KC. Like it's just a really messed up spot here for the Chargers. Oh, boy, the next one. The Green Bay Packers at the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are two-point underdogs. The over-under is 45. I, I... I'm almost putting the Broncos almost in the same, like, category as the Bears. As, like, oh, I no. would never bet them. So. Oh, no. <laughs> but Green Bay has looked sort of... Not what we expected. Yeah. They have looked sucks. But I am going with the Packers. Minus two. Because they at least have... They at least have wide receivers. Did you see what Stephen... What Stephen Smith said about Jerry Judy? That made the news. Oh, you didn't? Oh, okay. So, apparently, this is a bit of a throwback for Thursday Night Football. But pregame, Stephen Smith was... uh, Is it Stephen Smith? It is the the Panthers wide receiver. I always mess up his name. Yeah, it's Stephen... It is. Isn't it Stephen Smith? I don't know. The Panthers wide receiver. Ah, yeah, it is Stephen Smith. Okay, I'm not crazy. So Stephen Smith uh, in the pregame show, uh, I believe he was mentioning that like prior, I think he has a podcast or something, and he mentioned that he's he thinks that Jerry Judy is just a guy. He's not a top wide receiver. He isn't worth like the pick that uh, that uh, the Broncos invested in him. He's not worth the pick the Broncos used on them. No, no. 
and because of that, uh, he was commentating on the on the pregame show of the the Broncos. So we went up to try and dap up uh, Judy, like said so that like there's no hard feelings. It was just what he thinks, but he, he holds nothing against the guy, and he hopes to be proven wrong. And I believe Judy like said something along the lines of, "I don't mess with you, N-word." Yeah, so, like, Smith, being, like, the usual chill guy that he is, went completely off on him on national television, saying that this happened, and, like, his overall thoughts were, I am Wait, sorry. are you talking about Steve Smith? Yeah, isn't isn't his... Oh, okay, his name is Steve Smith, not Steven Smith. <laughs> I was trying to... Okay, now I know who you're talking about. When you okay. said Steven Smith, I was like, who? Okay, you know, you're talking about Steve Smith, the former Panthers wide, re- Panthers and Ravens wide receiver. Exactly. He went yes. on a tirade on Jerry Judy? Yes, it was a very entertaining video, I gotta say. Because it was just like, and I am sorry to Jerry Judy that I think you are just a mentally weak guy that can't take criticism from a guy who played the position and you are just a guy. And when teams trade for you, and when teams call me to ask if they should trade for you, I am going to say don't trade for Jerry Judy because you're a mentally weak guy who is not good at the position. And not only will the Broncos get rid of you because you are not worth the pick, but no other team will trade for you, at least the ones that call me. It was something along those lines. It was super entertaining, and he just completely went off on it. What? Do I know what's funny? One of those teams that call him probably is desperate enough, and it's the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. I've, I've <laughs> like, when I, uh, like, there were conflicting reports during the weekend. Like, I've seen some that said that they were out on him. I've seen some that they will would engage in talks for him. It's a really weird situation because, like, the Panthers sort of have a few guys. Oh, no, actually, I'm messing this up. The reports that I saw, were, I always confuse these two teams for random reasons, but the reports that I saw were that Carolina was out on him, but the Colts were interested in him, and they were starting to engage in talks, which was really weird to me because they have Pittman and Downs. So weird, huh? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. They need a guy who's just a guy to be the wide receiver three, I guess. If you say so. Anyway, I'm going Denver. <laughs> I actually uh, was. Were you the? Okay, you were. You were. I was the what? Um, just I uh, just didn't didn't remember if I had made my pick, but I did. Yeah, just going to pay minus two. But yep, yeah, that's you, I'm going the not Alex pick. You should you should watch that because that's super entertaining. Like <laughs> Steven Smith just went out on the guy. Steve Smith, my bad. I just call him Steven for some reason. Yeah, you do. Okay, right. next up. Yeah, now I get to pick. Miami Dolphins, Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles favored by two and a half. Give me the Dolphins. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm going with the Dolphins as well. Again, this is the game the Eagles got schlepped. 
They just get destroyed in this game. Pretty straightforward, huh? This is I believe this is the mm -hmm. highest over under in the week with fifty two and a half. Yeah, it is. Okay, and last game of the week, Monday Night Football, the San Francisco 49ers at the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are six and a half point underdogs. The over-under is 44. And I am, of course, going with the Undervalley team of the season, Minnesota Vikings. Plus six and a half. And... Since I didn't call one yet, this is my upset of the week. Nope. The sacrifice is coming back. Give me the 49ers. Okay, so we differ on that one. We differ on like all of them except two. Uh, we actually have a few that are like pretty close. We're both on Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland. We're both on uh, New England. Atlanta. Oh, I don't know. Oh. Miami. Okay, yeah, that's it. Miami, yeah. You're actually right. We differ on quite a few. Yep. But the yeah. Alex approach. Okay. So that one is in the books. I believe we have that gone one. through all of the topics. We have gone through all the topics. So. Is there any greater football you want to talk about? Maybe a team that we haven't talked about that you des you think deserves attention. Maybe a player that you think needs love. Oh, needs love. Oh, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> I'm just looking at the teams right now. And apart from my guy, Zach Wilson, no one really my pops guy. an eye here. I need, I need people to start giving my guy Zach Wilson the credit that he deserves. All right. Well, then, if you've gotten to this point, thank you guys so much. We have a nice fancy donate button. And if you're not subscribed to us on YouTube or any other platform, come on. Give it to us. But... And don't oh, forget... Yeah. Not only, not only do you need to subscribe, but you also should leave a review. If you're like listening on the podcast or the Spotify app, just leave us a five-star review and write us something there as well so we can, we can get some feedback from you guys. And if you're on YouTube, same thing. Like Angelo already mentioned the, the subscribing part. Notifications on if you can. Just also leave a like. And don't forget, also leave a comment there so we can read it. And I think this is us signing off. Peace, guys. Have a nice one. Have a good Monday night football game.